Good evening, everyone. Stand with us as we open in worship here this Christmas Eve. Sing an O Holy Night. Sing along with us this, this evening.
Christmas. Thank you for taking the time to celebrate the greatest gift that's ever been shared with man. And it just seems fitting that on this Christmas Eve, the, this year would be a bit different. We're not just snow. How many of you are hoping for a white Christmas? Yeah? Not too many of you. Yeah. And then with all the cold temperatures that came with it, maybe if we just had the snow without the colder temperatures that uh, we've experienced, it would be better. If there's ever been a year that uh, the song, Baby, It's Cold Outside, seems to fit in Nashville, it's this year, right? Thank you for braving the cold temps and conditions to be here on campus and to celebrate the birth of Jesus, our Savior. And thank you all that are joining in by live stream. We're glad that you've joined in as well. I'm just curious, have any of you already opened some gifts for Christmas? Have you already been kind of looking in there to see? I got a text from one of my grandsons a few days ago, and he had already picked up the, the presents, and he was shaking them violently, to hoping that he could figure out what was in them. And I don't know if he broke all the parts that were there or not, but he's ready to open up the gifts as well as the others. Maybe you've already celebrated with some family and you've exchanged uh, presents with them. Or maybe you just couldn't wait and you just want to open one you already. You've already just kind of got it in there and sneaked a peek to see if there was one under the tree and maybe rewrapped it. I don't know. You know, I saw a report a few days ago talking about how gift giving has changed some this year, moving away from actually giving a gift that is materialistic. And even though that most of us are spending the same amount of money this year as we did last year, more people are choosing to buy a gift of experience for someone rather than giving a thing. Research from Deloitte found consumer spending on experiences is up this year on experiences 7% while giving gifts for things is only up 1%. With some, the thinking of an experience gives a memory uh, that may bring more joy in the long run as they remember back on the good thing that happened. I saw a report where this one guy, he is renting a motorcycle uh, every month and he's taking motorcycle trips and he's trying to get a lot of his friends to go along with him on these trips. And it sounds like a pretty good idea to me, but the, the experience... It seems to last longer and brings more joy, they're saying, than just getting something. And this seems to be especially true with uh, younger generations like millennials and below who are much more mobile these days, and they just consider having a lot of stuff more of a burden. Maybe it's because they move more or they just don't want a lot of stuff, but they just seem to get more out of having the experience. The report goes on to say... Giving an experience recognizes your loved one's identity and feeling seem, seems to improve their social relationships in the long run. You know, I got to thinking about this. Now, there is really a lot of truth here in this way of thinking as the report acknowledges. 
Because quite honestly, the best gift that has ever been given is truly experiential. Because the best gift that's ever been given is not one that's been given by a family member. It's not been given by a friend, but made possible by the greatest act of humility that's ever been shown to mankind. And that gift is the gift of Jesus. And this gift is an experience, once we receive it, of a lifetime. Long before the Christmas story, there was God. And the Bible says that with Him was Jesus. We're told in Scripture, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen the glory, His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, Christmas, it's a time of celebration. Of that greatest story that's ever been told. A true account of, of God becoming one of us. With hair and flesh and bones and blood, forgoing all of the riches and power of glory of being God and stepping into humanity, breathing, eating, drinking, and sleeping just like us. Christ has come. The Messiah has been born, just as has been foretold 700 years before by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, set with me, God with us. At the right time, making an entrance into humanity to show his profound love for mankind. Listen to a retelling of the story, how it happened and paraphrased if you've never heard it before. I borrowed this from a fellow pastor, not original to me, but it goes like this. The journey took many days. Quite possibly they were tired and thought about turning back several times. But they had to keep going. The time was almost here. The desert wilderness was cold and unforgiving. The winds whipped around the mountains this time of year made it worse. The pathway was treacherous. But now they were here. Mary and Joseph had arrived in Bethlehem. The crowds are almost too much to take, pushing and crushing as the couple makes their way through them. Mary doesn't feel well. She really needs to just lie down and rest. And when you don't feel well, the last place you want to be is somewhere that's not home, somewhere foreign, somewhere so crowded, so overwhelming, unwelcoming. But they need to hurry. There is not much time left. They stop at a small house up on a hill overlooking the shepherd's field down below. The owner offers a bed and a meal for a reasonable price, but... Joseph leaves Mary for a moment and goes to, to make arrangements for a place to save, stay. But when he returns, he looks frustrated because that same owner said, We've already filled up all of our places. He's almost in tears. 
He tells Mary the inn is full. In fact, the whole town is full. There is no place to stay. There is no room. But he tells Mary that the innkeeper is giving them permission to go at least into the stable in the back of the house to keep warm. He's refreshing the hay now. Well, it would just have to do. You know, the innkeeper gets a bad rap. I mean, was he supposed to kick everyone else out and consider this? I mean, this is certainly not the Hilton. It probably wouldn't even qualify as a roadside motel. It was, and it was probably just a couple of small beds in an innkeeper's home that he rented out to, to help make ends meet. Those first century homes were often just a rumor, maybe two of actual uh, living quarters anyway, and the th second or third room was attached to the house and used to house animals that were so much a part of their life. No one in the small town would have owned a large ranch-style house like we are aware of, or an estate or even in a garage, uh, an apartment. The stable probably wasn't out back, the way we interject into the story. It was part of the home. So the innkeeper was possibly on some level, bringing Mary and Joseph, bringing, being strangers, into his home. His home became a part of the story. So Mary and Joseph entered the stable and surrounded by the animals, tried to get some rest. They could still hear the crowded city outside, but at least it was warm. The innkeeper has actually been really nice. They could hear the Roman guards yelling as they tried to control the crowds. It made a place feel even more foreign, even more foreboding. But directly overhead was the brightest star they'd ever seen. It was as if the tiny little stable was being bathed in light. So Mary lay down and closed her eyes. She knew the time was almost here. She knew the baby was coming into the world. And on this night of nights, into a cold, dirty stable in a small town filled with yelling and pushing crowds in a place occupied by the soldiers in a place that did not feel like home, into a world that had no room, into a messy and smelly stable, God comes. And just like any parents do today as they look into the eyes of their new baby child, Joseph and Mary must have looked into the eyes of Jesus and wondered what life was going to be like for their baby boy, Jesus. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy come to make you new this child that you delivered would soon deliver you oh mary did you know that your baby boy would give sight to the blind man mary did you know that your baby 
calm the storm with his hand did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels try and when you kiss your little baby you kiss the face of god mary did you know the blind will see the deaf will hear the dead will live again the lame will leap the dumb will speak the praises of the lamb mary did you know that your baby boy is lord of all creation mary did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations did you know that your baby boy was heaven's perfect land and the sleeping child you're holding is the great This is why tonight is so incredible. And every Christmas Eve since that very first night, the little baby in a manger was God's gift to us, to the world. God breaks into the everyday life of people in an ordinary way, but in an extraordinary method and means. Angels appear to some of the lowliest, downtrodden, distrusted, trusted men of the time and, and tells them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good tidings that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Think of it, a Savior. Christ has come into the world to save, to save sinners, to save people. And no matter how much you have it all together, you need a Savior. No matter how much, how you think that you must be the worst sinner of all, He still came to save you. No matter how broken, how desperate, how crazy or angry or foolish, or lustful. And we could go on and on. We're all in need of a Savior. Isaiah would say it this way. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. A child is given. To us, a son is given. He is our Savior. 
And John would acknowledge this when he wrote in the New Testament, because God, for God so loved the world that he gave, meaning it's a gift, his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but receive a gift, the gift of eternal life. When Jesus came to the earth as a baby, he wasn't just any baby. He was God's gift to me and to you, and the greatest gift of all, that truly brings what? An experience, the experience of love. We all need love, and not just any love. What we truly need is unconditional love. It's the kind of love that, apart from what we get, it's not what we do. It's not based on what we accomplished. It's the kind of love that's not based on who we know or what we know. The good news of Christmas is the gift of a Savior has come for you to experience the love that's offered as a gift of salvation. His coming to take away the sins of the world for us means that we can be made right with God. And this gift gives us the experience of abundant life. But not just there, in living a life of abundancy here, it gives us the gift of eternal life. This couldn't be accomplished through a, a gift of some materialistic nature, but through the experience of God giving His Son. Something materialistic value doesn't last forever and constantly has to be upgraded. Even our relationships are constantly having to be upgraded uh, of, of, from who we know and, and, and what we have accomplished. If one's not careful, what we end up doing is determining our own worth based on what we have or who we know or what we think we have accomplished. Yet, the true value of who we are is really measured and answered in the gift of Christmas. Your true value is determined with the gift of Jesus. God loves you, not because of what you have, not because of what you've accomplished, not because of who you know, what He gave to us, is because he loved us first. He proves his love to us. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 says this. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice, and listen to this, to take away our sins. So love was shown through the willingness of God to, to uh, have his son enter into human flesh. So Jesus comes on a mission, and that's to restore the relationship between God and man. This baby born of a virgin, innocent, of sin, grew, grows up to be a man who willingly lays down his life, his sacri greatest sacrifice of all. He, he took the blows so that we could receive grace. 
He took the nails on the cross so that we could experience the gift of forgiveness. But as we know, it was with a cost. You see, to be Christian is to understand that Jesus paid a debt that sin racks up. Philippians 2.8 tells us, Being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The life that started in that little manger led to the cross. His blood had to be spilled so that there would be forgiveness of sin. And Jesus chooses to accept it, to become a man who would lay down his life, trading all of his innocence, his divinity, for our guilt and our shame. Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought, watch this, us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. It was God giving his very best so that you and I could experience true, unconditional love. No gift of materialistic composure can measure up to the gift that God gave to us. No gift of an adventurous experience can ever measure up to the gift that God gave to us. His gift, why, it's the most unique and precious gift that's ever been given to mankind. And we can't really celebrate this gift without remembering and honoring His sacrifice, just as He tells us to do. Luke twenty-two fourteen through 20 says this, And when the hour came, He reclined at the table and the apostles with Him. And He said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you that I will not eat, eat until it is fulfilled for the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant of my blood. So I invite you to join me in remembering the sacrifice that Jesus was willing to make that demonstrates God's gift to us, His love for us. The bread reminding us of His broken body. The wine reminding us of his shed blood. The message of Christmas is our Savior has come. We have a Savior whose body was broken and his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. 
Jesus was born to die in your place, in my place. He paid the penalty so that our sins could be forgiven. Jesus conquered death. He rose from the grave. And in Him, and Him alone, we have the promise of eternal life and peace with God. Why, you can't be a better experience than that. It's the ultimate gift that God makes available to us. In a world of turmoil and unrest, Jesus brings the gift of hope. Jesus is the gift of peace. He is the gift of joy and of love. The Apostle Paul captured a snapshot of his life that we now have in Christ, as well as a complete summary of the Advent that we've been observing all month long in our worship time. The gifts that were given to us say, God with us. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight, do you get it? I mean, just let that sink in just a moment. Since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus our Lord has done for us. Paul goes on to say, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently, and watch this, joyfully look forward to sharing His glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens, watch this, our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because He's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. And that, my friends, gives us the ability to share the light that we've been given in a dark world with others. Take the light and share it.
Jesus proclaimed, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He goes on and says, you, you, you're the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all who see so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. I invite you to stand and join me in a responsive reading. You see the words on the screen. You respond after I say these words. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. The light shines. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The increase of His government and His peace will have no end. He will reign over the throne of David and over the kingdom. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Behold, behold, the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. Join us in singing Silent Night. Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child. So tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Yeah. Hey.
Christmas. God giving his best so that you and I could have the experience of a right relationship with him. So that we can experience the love of God in a most personal way to be known by him. And on this Christmas Eve, amid all the hustle and excitement of gatherings and cheer, we pause to be still for a few moments and remember the greatest gift that has ever been given. Would you just bow your heads for a moment of quietness, of reflection, of how much the light of Jesus lights your life. Heavenly Father, in these moments of quiet, just taking a moment to be still, to be in your presence, to be grateful for this gift, the experience of knowing Jesus and knowing the true reason of why we celebrate Christmas. And to be lavished by your love that was shown in how you gave us this gift. Gave us the privilege to experience when we didn't deserve. The privilege to experience the grace that you showed. And in spite of our sinful ways, you chose us made possible through Christ that right relationship with you. I pray that everyone here is living that experience to know what life with Jesus really is all about. To have that peace and that hope, that love and that joy that comes from knowing him in this life, but also to look into the future and say that when this life is over, we will be with Jesus for eternity in your presence because you shared the gift with us. May it be real to each one of us. If there's one yet that hasn't known that joy and peace that comes from knowing Christ, from being saved from their sins, I pray before this holiday season, this Christmas season is over with, that they would truly experience what is the best gift of all. Find it in Jesus. That you won't let them rest until they do. 
until they made that, made that peace with you, our Heavenly Father, that can only be made in Christ. Father, we're grateful. Grateful that we, as a world, stops at this time to recognize the birth of Jesus. We celebrate that. We thank you for your love and the love of Christ that's given to each one of us. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here this evening. I encourage you to be very careful with your candles and if you want to Carry them with you to your car so you don't see them fall on ice. You're welcome to do so. Or you may blow them out, whichever you would like to do. If you blow them out, please blow gently so they don't blow candle wax all over the, your neighbor in front of you. We will be back here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. for a Christmas morning worship. We'll also be observing a more formal communion service. We invite you to come be part of that. May be doing family activities and may not be able to come. If you want to live stream with us at 10, you'll be able to do so. In the meantime, may God's protection be upon you and may you be blessed in every way possible of really enjoying the experience and the peace that comes from knowing Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Merry Christmas. Good night.